Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today on the line, I have Sarah Holden. She is the Senior Director of Retirement and Investor Research at the Investment Company Institute, ICI, which is the leading association representing regulated funds globally, including U.S. mutual funds and exchange-traded funds. I know you're probably like, what the heck are those? Um, So we'll be talking about that in this episode. Uh, Sarah has a PhD in economics and has studied retirement trends and policy, as well as the behavior of investors for decades. So she uses humor and plain English to make retirement and investment concepts clear. Sounds like my type of girl. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm good, Tiff. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, So I'm so excited to have you on because this sounds like um, a really good institute and represents a whole bunch of mutual funds and ETFs from around the globe. So I'm sure I have used some of your members (laughs) (laughs) um, before. So I think this is pretty cool to have you on. Well, really happy to be on, uh, you know, saving and investing for all the important goals that we have, like retirement or for a home or for education is something that everybody can relate to. And funds are a way that help people achieve those financial goals. So I'm excited to be able to talk about that today. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's hop right in. So first and foremost, okay, so we're talking about saving for retirement, right? Um, I've written a few articles around IRAs and 401ks, but I've never talked about it on the podcast, (laughs) believe it or not. So um, what is an IRA and how is it different from a 401k? Sure. So an IRA is an individual retirement account. And they were the first one was created in 1974. So they've been around for a long, long time. And that's the traditional IRA. And the idea behind the traditional IRA was that it was a place where if you didn't have a 401k or you didn't have a retirement plan at work, you could make contributions on a tax advantage basis to an account so that you could build retirement savings for yourself. And also at the same time, though, the idea was that you could use the IRA as a place that as you tumble through your career and change jobs, as we Americans do, uh, that you could consolidate the assets from your different retirement plans into an IRA to help sort of keep track of them and consolidate them. So the traditional IRA is available to anyone with earnings, basically, uh, whether you can make the deduction, uh, the contribution deductible depends on your income. But basically, it's a great place to save for retirement because uh, if you can get the deduction right up front, you save money on your taxes in that year. Whether or not you get that, once the money is in the account, it grows and compounds tax-free. So this is a really, really powerful tool because you're not paying taxes on the earnings or the interest or the dividends. So all that money gets to be reinvested, which means it gets to grow even faster because you haven't had to take any of it out to pay taxes. So it compounds and grows tax-free. And while you're in the IRA, really the world is your oyster in terms of investing. You could invest in mutual funds. You could invest in exchange-traded funds. You could pick individual securities. So really you have a whole world of investing at your feet when you're in the IRA. So we can talk a bit more about 
how you'll go about that not later. Uh, but while the money stays in the IRA, compounds, grows tax-free, when you get to retirement and you take the money out of the traditional IRA, that's when you pay taxes on it. It gets counted as income at that point and you pay taxes at that point. So a great way to grow wealth because it gets to grow tax-free while it's in the account. The other type of IRA is a Roth IRA, and your younger listeners may be interested in the Roth IRA. So with the Roth IRA, uh, you don't get a deduction right up front. So you have to put in after-tax money. So there's no tax benefit in the year you contribute. While the money's in the account, same world of investments available to you, same compounding tax-free. And with the Roth, when you get to retirement, because you paid the taxes up front, you take the money out tax-free. So this is something that your younger listeners might be interested in because when you're younger, think about it, you're early in your career. What's true about your tax rate? Pretty low early in your career. So the benefit of the tax deduction right now doesn't mean as much to you. So you'll just pay those taxes now and then get to take the money out tax-free in retirement. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was a wonderful breakdown. Um, <laughs> now, the like one important difference for me um, when it comes to IRAs and 401ks is that the IRA is attached to you and the 401k is attached to your job, right? Yeah. So the 401k is an employer sponsored plan. Although if you are self-employed, you can make a 401k for yourself. But the typical situation is you uh, go to start your job, you'll get there, they'll tell you about the benefits. And one of the benefits is often a 401k plan. And with the 401k plan, it is offered by the employer. So the employer chooses the lineup of investment options in it. So there's typically on average more than 20 options in a given 401k plan. And the employer will also often make a decision on whether they'll help you out in saving for retirement by making an employer contribution. So with the 401k, the first key step is to participate. Uh, the second key step is to make sure that you have checked on what the conditions are, what are the rules around getting that employer contribution. So sometimes the employer will just put a little bit of money in for everybody, but more commonly, how much you get from the employer as a contribution. And this is literally money that goes into your account will depend on how much you put in. And so you want to be sure that you contribute to get that full employer contribution or you have literally left money on the table. Now, this was part of your benefit package and you wanna be sure to take full advantage of it. So for example, a common formula that employers use is if you contribute a dollar, they'll put in 50 cents on top of that into your account up to you contributing 6% of your pay. So that means if you contribute over the whole year, 6% of your pay, they will be putting in a whole nother 3% of your pay into your account. And that's just a great sort of rate of return right off the bat right there. So with the 401k, yes, it's offered by the employer. The employer designs the plan. Often nine out of 10 people are in a 401k plan that have a 401k plan actually have employer contributions. So you want to be sure you've checked your plan to take full advantage of that. You then get to invest. And while you're working there, the money compounds and grows tax-free. And then when you change jobs, you typically have some options there. Uh, you 
may be allowed to leave the account balance behind if it's a big enough balance. And some people actually might want to do that. If there's a really great lineup of investment options in that 401k plan, you might want to leave that, that money behind. Uh, many other people will decide that they actually want to roll it over to the IRA. And they'll do that because you know, you're leaving that employer and keeping track of that will get difficult over time. And maybe you want more investment options. Uh, the IRA has more investment options available to you. And you want to consult consolidate and keep track of your money. A mistake I would caution against at that juncture is if you have a, what looks like a small account balance, don't cash it out. You know, roll it over to the IRA because that small balance when you're young, if you leave it, grows to be a huge balance when you're older. And you know, when it comes to retirement, it will have compounded to something amazing. And so you, you don't want to look at those early balances and sort of say to yourself, well, that's not that much. I may as well spend it you may as well keep it in there because it will grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know just thinking back to when I was in corporate, I always opted into the 401k, but it surprised me because, um, well, for transparency, I just turned 30 in March and I'm talking about a few years ago. So in my 20s, um, I was working at a company where every almost everybody was in their 20s and nobody <laughs> was opted into the 401k plan and it was a safe harbor plan. Um, so if you want to explain what safe harbor is for those that might have that available. Yeah, so safe harbor has to do with the design of the plan uh, and it falls into the regulations where basically if the employer does certain things, uh, their plan is in good shape, let's say, or in good stead in terms of the regulations. So an example, probably the safe harbor that you're talking about has to do with you know, making sure that the employer is contributing so that money goes across everybody in the plan. And that's a, a plan design that helps them pass something known as the non-discrimination testing, which is basically that your lower paid workers need to benefit from the 401k plan uh, in a way that's proportional to what your higher paid workers are doing. So it's a way to make sure that everybody in the plan gets to take advantage of that employer money. Uh, so that's probably what the safe harbor they were going for was. There are other safe harbors around, you know, making sure the investment options are diversified and offer a range of risk returns and all those types of things. But the key takeaway with the 401k is it's a benefit. It was one of the things they told you about when you were thinking about the job. They counted it as a plus of, you know, working there. And so you really want to be sure to take advantage of it. And the employer has spent a lot of time designing the plan because they're responsible for the design of that plan. And they you know, often put their money where their mouth is, giving you that employer contribution. But they've also made sure that they have a good lineup of investment options. So they've made sure that there are options that have equity investing. So nearly every 401k plan has domestic equity funds and international equity funds and domestic bond funds as an option. So you have a full range of equities to choose from, our stocks to choose from. You also have bond funds to choose fund from. And typically, uh, 401k plans will include target date funds. And these are funds sort of for the person who would like to have an investment professional take care of all of the asset allocation decisions for you. So with a target date fund, if you're young, you'll pick a fund that has a date that's years out. So let's say you think you'll be retiring in 2065. So you pick the 2065 fund and that fund now will be 
holding a whole lot of stock because it will be reaching for growth because you're young now, you have many years to invest in it, and it will reach for growth by investing in stocks. Then as you're aging and getting older and the fund is approaching and passing its target date, it's automatically rebalancing for you so that it becomes more focused on income because when you get to retirement, that's what you're going to be thinking about. You know, what kind of income can I get from this investment if I want to start taking money out to spend in retirement? And also you want to be moving away from the riskier investments. So uh, an option that's in many 401k plans is this target date fund where it's diversified and it also rebalances for you. And again, the employer has selected all of this investment lineup uh, to be sure that there is this range of choice for their workers who you know, have a range of appetite for taking on risk, a range of ages, many different retirement dates and, and, and things like that. So they wanna be sure that they've designed the plan so that it's attractive uh, to their workers because they're trying to entice you to come work for them by saying, hey, I have a 401k plan here. Right, right. And while we're still on 401ks, another important thing um, when evaluating the plan at your job is the vesting schedule, right? So that was one thing that I enjoyed about that safe harbor plan that they had at the job that I was referring to earlier um, was that um, uh, you were 100% vested from the beginning. So whatever the employer put in, um, I could get that money even if I left the next day, you know, that type of thing. So um, I just want to hit on vesting because I know a lot of people have questions about that. I know when I was in corporate, um, a lot of people my age were like, I have no idea what any of this means. <laughs> Um, so, uh, if you want to hit on, you know, what vesting means, and then we'll go into what are mutual funds and ETFs anyway. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So vesting refers to when you get to keep all of the employer money that went into your account. So your contributions are always yours. Uh, so those you are hundred percent quote, vested in, because that's literally your money and that's always yours. But if the employer is making a contribution, whether it's a matching contribution or another kind of contribution, they can say that you need to stay a certain number of years in order to get all of it. And so sometimes there's sort of a sliding schedule where you'll get a bit of it if you've stayed a year or two years or three years. Uh, sometimes, as you say, it's immediate vesting. And that, again, is to help with making sure that everybody benefits from the plan. But it'll be explained to you in the plan uh, description. They'll tell you when you're eligible to start contributing, when you're eligible to get that employer contribution, and what the rules are regarding when that full employer contribution is actually yours to keep. Um, so it, that will all be explained in the introductory session about the plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's do a quick recap <laughs> before we switch gears here. So um, first and foremost, look into your 401k at your job. Um, you know, if you have one available and they do a match, go ahead and put in up to the match because like we were saying, you know, if you do a traditional 401k, it comes out pre-tax, it lowers your tax bill. There's so many different benefits with that. And if it's Roth, you can go ahead and put the money in and it'll grow tax-free. And then when you take it out, um, you don't have to pay taxes. So um, that's number one. Number two, um, if your job doesn't have a 401k, you can open up an IRA and you can either open up a traditional or a Roth, which we explained earlier. Um, and then number three, um, I know when I was in corporate, anytime I left a job, I just 
took my 401k and rolled it over into an IRA. So it was like I had an IRA growing over here and I had a 401k growing over here. And then every time I left, because I've, I've had a lot of jobs, <laughs> um, but after I left, I went ahead and rolled the 401k over to the IRA so that way I can have a clean slate um, <laughs> when I go to the next one. So um, it's I love that you pointed out to make sure that you pay attention to um, what the 401k is offering and if it is a good idea to even roll it over to an IRA. I was just rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> I was not paying attention to any of that. Um, so definitely check that out. So now that we got all of that out the way with the 401ks and the IRAs, and I think people have a pretty good understanding. Now let's talk about, okay, so now they have these accounts. What are their options, you know, as far as mutual funds and exchange traded funds? Like what is a mutual fund? <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> Sure. Well, let's start with the IRA because with the IRA, really the world of investing is available to you. Uh, so the first step is you need to decide where you're going to open your IRA. And in doing that, you want to think about, am I a do-it-yourself investor? And if you're sort of a do-it-yourself type, then you could go directly to a mutual fund company. You could go online. You could go online to a discount broker and you could open up an IRA that way. And then you'll have the range of investments available through that uh, mutual fund website or that online discount broker website to invest. So a whole bunch of choices there. If you're someone who feels like, you know, I kind of would like some help in you know, making these decisions because there are so many different investments out there and I really need someone to hold my hand a little bit and help explain to me, you know, the traditional versus the Roth and then what kind of investments I want to have inside the IRA. In that case, you could go to a full service broker or an independent financial advisor. So you will pay for advice, but you'll be getting help in, in making your decisions and they often help, you know, manage how this whole decision fits into your whole portfolio. Um, and we find that when we look at uh, traditional IRA owning households, about three quarters of them decide to get some help. So went to a full service broker or a financial advisor and about three in 10 went direct. So they decided I'm more do it myself. I'm just going to go direct. So that's the first step. Choose where you're going to open your IRA. And then once you've done that, now you have the range of investments available to you through that financial services firm. And many folks will choose to invest in mutual funds. So a mutual fund is a pooled investment. So uh, you're, you're buying a share of a pool of money that's investing in a whole bunch of different securities. So what's really great about mutual funds is that if you think about me as an individual investor and I want to buy some stock, and let's say I have $1,000, um, really how far is that going to get me? But if I go into a mutual fund, I'm buying shares of a pool that has all these different stocks. So I can actually own the S&P 500 through a mutual fund with very small amounts of money. So it's a way to get into a diversified portfolio and the mutual fund, its name will tell you what kind of investing it does. So it will tell you whether it's investing in stocks or bonds or a mix. It will tell you whether it's reaching for growth, whether it's got an international component. Um, many young investors are interested in ESG investing. So that's environmental, social, or governance investing, where they are looking to find a fund that's evaluating the investments based on 
what the companies are doing to the environment or what the companies are doing with regard to the composition of their board and their leadership. So it's a way to align your investing with your beliefs um, by going and looking for those types of funds. So you're into a mutual fund. It's a pooled investment. You own a share that gets you a share of the fund that gets you access to all of these assets. It's diversified, which means not all your eggs are in one basket. You own a whole bunch of different stocks or bonds or whatever securities through that one mutual fund share. And it's also cost effective because there's a whole bunch of you in there together sharing in the cost of getting into the market uh, so that you were able to get to really many more investments than you could just on your own. And so that's basically uh, the mutual fund. The exchange-traded fund is similar. It's a pooled investment, but exchange-traded funds uh, trade throughout the day on the stock market, while mutual funds trade once a day at the end of the day. Uh, so that's really sort of the key difference between the two of them. But both of them offer diversification and cost-effective investing that's professionally managed. And I think this is the other key thing about fund investing. I don't know about you, Tiff, but I'm busy. <laughs> and to try to research which stock to buy and which stock to sell and what day to do that on would just take up you know, all of your time. And so with a fund, you've hired someone who is going to make all those tough decisions and manage it for you. And you can you know, focus on your life. Absolutely. And, you know, I always have invested in mutual funds because like you said, I don't have time to sit there and, um, you know, research every single company that I want to invest in. But there's so many different flavors of mutual funds, too, and ETFs that whatever you're looking for, I'm sure you can find it. Right. It's it's absolutely just amazing. The range of things that are out there uh, in terms of the, the different investments. So, uh, whether it's actively managed and it's looking at a particular sector or a particular part of the world, or whether you want to go into an index. And an index means that you're just buying sort of a share of the whole market. So it, it basically what the market does is what that fund will do because it's just following the whole market. And again, there are those special, there's ESG funds, there's other special sector funds if you're interested in um, other sort of specific area. So really, I think it's safe to say there's probably a fund out there to meet your investing needs in terms of uh, the, the full range that's out there. And I already talked about, and there's also funds that are designed to help with the asset allocation too across stocks and bonds, not only the, the diversification. And those are the target date funds where you, you choose the fund based on when you're expecting to retire and it will rebalance for you. There's some other funds that are just, you know, are, are called um, target risk funds. Uh, and they basically are choosing to be either conservative, moderate, or aggressive. And so you pick that fund and it will invest accordingly for you and keep the asset allocation on track for that level of risk that you're interested in. So really a, a full range of uh, products out there and investments out there in, in the out there in the fund space. And that's why, you know, some people do 
go to an advisor or a broker to get some help in selecting among those. And that's actually part of the nice thing about a 401k is that the plan sponsor has selected among the huge list and narrowed it down for you a bit as well. But if you're do-it-yourself, again, you can just go directly to the mutual fund company or a discount broker and have that full list available to you. Right, right. Now, if I was a DIY, do-it-yourselfer, um, where would I go to research the different types of mutual funds so I could, you know, pick one that I that meets my needs? So basically, uh, if you're starting back at step one of wanting to just understand some basic investing concepts, going to uh, ICI Education Foundation, we have a lot of information, or going to the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, uh, their website also has some basics on diversification and risk and return and, and what funds are and what it means to invest. Uh, so that's sort of the, the first, first step would be that basic research. When it gets down to you want to start picking funds, really go online to either the fund company or the discount broker, and they will have fund fact sheets on each fund that's available. And they will explain the top holdings of the fund. It will usually compare it to a rating service. So you can see how the performance of the fund compares uh, to others. So you can get and compares to an index or its benchmark. So you can have a sense of what's the performance of the fund? Uh, what's the investment uh, risk level of the investments in the fund? Is it you know, doing international stock or is it doing you know, US government securities, which would be you know, a very secure investment. So you can get a sense of what's the range of risk in the investing, what kind of investments? Is it stocks or bonds? How is it performing compared to an index? Uh, what's its rating by this third party that rates funds? It's often included in the information. And then what are its top holdings? Uh, so, and these are the this is the information that people look at. They also will look at the fees on the fund. And we do find that um, mutual fund investors tend to concentrate their assets in lower cost funds. So they are paying attention to fees in addition to performance and uh, the investment objective and the risk levels in the fund. So all of that information is available really in a snapshot in the fund fact sheet. And if you want more information, funds are a highly regulated industry. Uh, there's a summary prospectus that gives you sort of a short list of some of the key things about the fund. And then there's a full legal document there, if you want that as well, called the prospectus, which really explains all the gory detail behind the management of that fund uh, so that you as an investor can understand very clearly what it is you're investing in. But we find most people will look at the, the summary information and will make the, the decision based on you know, what is it I'm looking to invest in? So, you know, first and foremost, what is the fund investing in? But also looking at um, those, the historic performance and those benchmarks and the fees. Absolutely, absolutely. That was excellent information for the listeners. Now, there's one more thing before we wrap up that I want to hit on. And for two reasons, I know um, a lot of my listeners are small business owners or aspiring small business owners. And then two, I'm currently in the throes of this. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, um, you know, we don't have a job, so we can't invest in that 401k. We can do an IRA, but are there any other options for self-employed individuals? 
So actually for self-employed individuals, you have the full range of choices. The Department of Labor has a a little booklet online that's uh, about helping you pick what's the best retirement option uh, for a small business or a self-employed person. And there's a page in that book that shows all the options. Because as a self-employed or a small business owner, you could actually set up a 401k. You could set up a defined benefit plan. You could do a simple IRA, a SEP IRA. And then, of course, as an individual, you can always do a traditional or a Roth IRA. So really, uh, I would say take a look at that Department of Labor uh, pamphlet on uh, you know, options for uh, small employers because it lays out a table showing the different limits and the different characteristics of all the different plans uh, so that you can you know, start saving for retirement. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I, and I didn't even know about that resource. So I'll definitely have the link to that in the show notes for this episode. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. This was excellent information um, for the audience. And hopefully, you know, As a result of this episode, more people are investing for their retirement. So, Sarah, if more people wanted to get in touch with you or find out more about you, how would they do that? Uh, So I'm on LinkedIn, but I would recommend taking a look at ICI.org where we have resource centers. There's a resource center about 401ks. There's another resource center about IRAs. And then, of course, there's a lot of great information about mutual funds. Uh, Just with the idea of letting people see, well, how have other 401k plan participants invested and how have other IRA investors uh, gone about rolling over or contributing or choosing their assets. And just to highlight all the different uh, mutual funds that are available out there for folks to choose from. And I think really the key in uh, taking a step to saving for retirement and investing for retirement is remember you're doing it little by little. So don't get over anxious or stressed about it. Just take that first step to research your plan at work or to research opening an IRA. And then, you know, you've got the whole range of investments to choose from. And with funds, you'll have diversified options that are cost-effective and professionally managed that, uh, you know, people rely on to reach these really important goals. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show. Um, This was very insightful for the audience. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Well, thanks, Tiff, so much for having me. Hope you have a great weekend as well. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.